Domazar, Cult Buster, an expert team programmer. And this cult is busted. listening to CJSR Moving Radio. I'm Lucas Anders, your correspondent. Today we're joined by Jesse Thomas-Cook, the director of Cult Hero, which you can catch at the Calgary Underground Film Festival Friday evening, April 28th, 9.30, down at the Globe Cinema. You can catch him in attendance for the screening and a Q&A alongside one of the stars of the film, Liv Collins. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Thank you so much, Lucas. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're so honored to have you. Just off the top, from your perspective, what is the film Cult Hero about? Cult Hero, the concept is about a washed up cult buster who's kind of been had his show canceled a number of years ago. And he's hired by a manager summoning control freak named Kelly Jones to infiltrate a wellness center that her husband is embroiled in. And so she's trying to extricate her husband from what she thinks is a cult. So she hires the services of this washed up cult buster. How would you define, I guess, for anybody who doesn't really know anything about the film, what is a cult buster? (laughs) The cult buster is a guy who infiltrates death cults, extracts people who've been brainwashed and deprograms them. In our particular case with Cult Hero, Dale Domazar had a show once called Cult Buster. It was kind of his character he invented for his own reality show, kind of like Dog the Bounty Hunter. He studies death cults and gets himself infiltrated in them and becomes a part of them and then tries to pull the curtain back on them. Do cult busters exist in any form that you're aware of? And did you maybe draw any inspiration from some of those real life examples, if there are any out there? We certainly looked at like there's actual cult deprogrammers, but haven't really come across, you know, actual cult busters. I'm sure there's all sorts of infiltrations of cults by the authorities, perhaps. But no, it was kind of just a novel idea. In fact, we came up with it about seven years ago. So it's something that's been brewing in our little company as an idea. And we finally set out to make it a horror comedy film called Cult Buster or sorry, Cult Hero, I should say. Right. (laughs) There's an interesting psychology around cults, how people get pulled into them. Is there a cult, a story, or maybe an experience that maybe helped inspire this from your perspective? Hmm. I mean, nothing on a personal level. I mean, obviously watching cult movies growing up, obviously The Wicker Man and countless others. But no, I mean, maybe just from like the media, the, the big ones like Waco and things like that. Really, it was just the idea of almost like an SNL sketch 
character that we just fleshed out over time partly because we had such a fantastic location actually it was was like a perennial gardens with hedge maze and an old kind of european style manor estate that a friend of ours in owen sound had this property and invited us to go take a scout and we were like we have to use this property for something so we actually have made a couple of movies there but cult hero was the big one it's kind of neat that you throw it into owen sound is there something that you like about that town outside of this really interesting location? Well, I grew up about an hour away from Owen Sound and kind of randomly in 2010, we were filming a movie called Monster Brawl and we needed a location to kind of be like Transylvania where like a vampire would live, kind of like a Nosferatu castle or something. So that's when we first came across this amazing property, which is just outside of Owen Sound. And we only shot there for a day for Monster Brawl. But over the years, we were very intrigued by this place. And the owner is very eccentric. And he invited us to scout. He has about five other like gothic century homes throughout Owen Sound. So we went back four years later. We filmed The the Hexecutioners, which was a, a haunted house film. Also played at Calgary Underground back in 2016. With those movies and a couple of others in between, Cult Hero and The Hexecutioners, we kind of just developed an affinity for the area. It's a fantastic small city to shoot a movie in. Again, it still retains its kind of gothic, turn-of-the-century kind of look. It feels very much like a Stephen King type of small city. And eventually, from filming there enough, we just developed such an amazing community of people from the local theater and eventually crew. So we go to the Canadian Screen Awards this week. We have six nominations and five out of six of them are for people we met from filming in Owen Sound. So we have a wonderful community of creatives we've sort of fostered. And like Collingwood, where I'm from, it's only an hour away. We're all kind of based on Southern Georgian Bay. So it's kind of our sister city. Oh, that's pretty incredible when you can kind of make a connection with and our community you have obviously formed a lot of friendships around this production. Is there one that maybe through this that grew deeper that you were able to kind of form new connections through this film? Yeah, there's a number for sure. Like our costume designer, Carrie, she came up through our company and was initially just a background performer and had a couple little small acting roles over the last five years. But we thought she was such a resourceful person and was involved heavily in her local theater community we kind of just asked on a lark if she could do the costumes and she did and here she is a year and a half later with her award nomination similar with our art department our cinematographer kenny mclaughlin he started on an earlier film like out of high school he just came out to be a production assistant with the camera team back in 2015 and worked his way up and now he's our dop So a number of those relationships have been developed. But on Cult Hero specifically, I mean, I would be remiss to not mention my own wife, Liv Collins, who plays Callie Jones, the the lead in the film. I think for us, it was a big step up. We own the company together. We've made 10 horror films in the past with our former company, with with a bunch of other colleagues. But with Collingwood Film Co., my wife and I kind of just started out on our own. We made like a coming-of-age drama and a mockumentary. So we kind of veered away from horror and genre films. So Cult Hero was kind of like a return after maybe four years of, of making low-budget comedies. And as much as Cult Hero was a comedy as well, but it was really our return to horror and cult movie making. And I think for us, after the pandemic, we have four kids. We've been sober for two and a half years. So that's been a wonderful journey. So Cult Hero was really our chance to 
kind of make something a little bit more special than the really indie stuff we, we've been dabbling in, in in the early 2020s. Speaking of that, I just found the two main characters really pull you in. Rye Barrett, who plays that washed up larger than life TV personality and Liv Collins, your wife, plays Callie, the overbearing real estate agent. Did you always intend the characters to be so like they're big personalities? Did that sort of evolve over the course of filming or did you find that that was always where you wanted to go with these characters? It evolved throughout the filming for sure. It started in the writing process where Liv wasn't even going to play Callie because Callie plays about 15 years older than than Olivia. But it all kind of started from a funny character. We kind of just play around the house, which is this Callie Jones character. Anytime we're like naggy or joking, this kind of voice comes up. And I don't know what started it. It's kind of an amalgamation of a number of things. But yeah, the quintessential kind of Karen character. And I think she just said, well, what if I got the wig, like the Karen wig? And as soon as the wig came, it just became perfect. And to see her have so much fun in that role, because she's normally like a scream queen or like a girl in duress in her earlier horror film. So to see her to be this like control freak of Callie was was wonderful. And Rye, for his part, playing Dale Domazar, like Dale was originally written as like a 1930s style sleuth kind of thing in like a trench coat, like a detective and that character kind of went through all sorts of different variations. It was like a steampunk version. And then eventually, once we had cast Rye, he came to us and was like, what if we did like this Magnum PI kind of meets a macho man Randy Savage type of shtick? So he really brought that to the film and kind of became that character. And it kind of evolved, as I said before, with the filming, because we just started out with a small crew of five or six of us with just live playing Callie for like a day or two. And then I think Dale entered in day three of our 21 day shoot. And we could finally see Dale and Callie together for a full day of filming. And then from there, it was like, I think they just played off of each other and the characters just became funnier. And as you said, larger than life as we uh, progress through the shoot. It's really fun to see them kind of move through the film, they almost have to earn the audience's <laughs> admiration or sympathy towards the end, right? Because they start off as hard characters. It's like, totally, yeah. it's so funny, right? Yeah, they're like very annoying, disparate characters are very different. Like Dale is very impulsive and brash and Callie is again, just like so controlling. So to put them together in kind of this like buddy cop style, like adventure, is a lot of fun and i think audiences are responding and by the end somehow they do as 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 one note as dale can be because again he's just this very caricature of a character i think by the end there is something there you and you are with them as you said early on you get to sort of play with some of those conventions of creating media that mirrors that style of that low budget 90s tv show and commercials did you enjoy that process of throwing those elements together to help create that world of the characters? Absolutely, yeah. We had made a film like the Cult Buster TV show style, what you're referring to. We made a whole film in that style called The Horde in 2017, which was just like a mockumentary horror film. And I, I just love playing with those kind of different formats. Certainly the 90s, was, which was like my coming of age and the rise of reality TV. 
but not only that if you watch the film there's we use like security footage we use there's like the realtor videos of them with their house showing so there's a number of formats i even think there's a eight millimeter film it's like flashbacks at one point so we had a lot of fun with like six different camera formats i think and just mashing them all together you do a fantastic job of working within those conventions so props to you on that you're listening to movie radio on cjsr i'm with director of cult hero jesse thomas cook just about you as a filmmaker you tend to gravitate towards that horror film genre what do you think it is that attracts you to it like maybe the subgenres within horror i mean i've done a lot of horror comedies but i've also like touched on like again a haunted house film i've done a zombie film currently working on a sci-fi film i think it was just like growing up watching romero's movie sam raimi movies my dad kept a lot of horror films on vhs around the house so i was really exposed to them at a young age that sense of you know being scared in a controlled environment all that stuff i but i think ultimately the thing that got me into film and i guess it's a genre film was when i was 15 they filmed the gina davis samuel l jackson action thriller a long kiss good night in, in my hometown and so for like a week when i was in grade nine me and all my friends in fact most of my high school did like eight days of night shoots as background performers on this rennie harlan movie that's now gained you know a cult status it was just like so eye-opening and so incredible just seeing that film process on such a big level in our small town that i was just like that's what I want to do with my life. You also kind of talked a little bit about mockumentaries. Is there, are there ones that really stick out to you that helped inspire you as well or, or pulled you into this universe? For sure. I mean, comedies like What We Do in the Shadow, certainly the Borat movies and things like that. I, I love that kind of cringe comedy. Yeah, I mean, the countless ones, the Mike Nichols movies. I've just always been a fan of that style. And we're working on one right now that we've that's five years in the making we filmed we entered a couple actors into our local like elvis competition with like all the different elvis performers that travel they had their big 25th annual collingwood elvis fest so that's our next project but we filmed it over five years entering these actors in this very real elvis singing competition but again they're like made up characters so we have a lot of fun with it what do you think was the most challenging part of putting this film together called hero well, there was the annoyance, I think, of like COVID second or third wave. So that that it was a challenge of just like testing everyone. And it was kind of right when all the vaccines were coming in. So it was like very regimented and we had to be very careful. And we did this shoot in two different legs with a six week gap. And so, again, I mentioned how there was we started the shoot with like five crew and one actor. And by the end you know, six weeks later, we had like 60 people and tons of background people. So the shoot kind of grew exponentially. I mean, that was a challenge in and of itself, but also just all the unit moves, a lot of different locations, a lot of moving parts, a lot of just days in the timeline of the script itself. So a lot of continuity, probably like the big kind of cult scenes with all the different special effects and background people and pyrotechnics and all that sort of thing that was probably the challenge and we did all that at the last couple of days of the shoot with those horror films you get a chance to play with those practical effects is that something you enjoy working with or if you had more 
money would you want to you know get rid of the practical effects or do you do you find those enjoyable yes i do i i think if i had more resources i would just go even bigger with them with call tier we had a couple huge set pieces the the opening where we had to rip a body apart, like all four limbs at once. That was a really tricky one. And at the end, we had a fantastic special effects team. And again, they're nominated this year for best special effects at the Canadian Screen Awards against David Cronenberg. So that'll be fun to see our guys up against Crimes of the Future. We just love it. I mean, it slows you down a bit. and You have to be very thoughtful, I guess. I mean, you can't just waste your takes when you're doing tricky special effects. So... I don't know. I think it, it's it's like stressful, but again, at the end of the day, you're just shooting like make believe with people in costumes. So it's kind of silly to be stressed, but it is again that kind of controlled stress that makes you want to do it. So the effects are fun, especially when you get it. And luckily on Call Tira, we got you know ninety five percent of our gags in one take. Yeah, they were incredible, and it's neat to hear that you're going up against Cronenberg. That's that's quite <laughs> special. Was there a favorite moment on set for you? Oh, favorite moment. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I would say on day 18, we all got to set and it was getting towards the end of the shoot. So people were getting a little nostalgic and knowing it was coming to an end. And it was just like the biggest storm, rainstorm that day. And we've been really lucky because we didn't have any bad weather the whole shoot for the most part. But sure enough, this day was rain. And we couldn't reschedule anything. So we had the art department like just build sets that morning while we were arriving to a location because we were supposed to film exterior scenes. But our main location, the property we were filming at, had all these like outbuildings and barns and shacks and stuff. So we just decided to move those scenes inside. In particular, the big song at the end of the second act where we have the people in the cult and the cult leaders all sing the Ascension song. So that was supposed to be an exterior, but we packed everyone inside this little tiny kind of cabin that the art team was given only two hours to whip up into a proper set that we could film in. And we just had a ball. I mean, in spite of it raining, it turned out to be like one of those happy accidents that, that seems to happen a lot on films when you're on a roll. So a day that could have been like the end of our shoot or got everybody down, we ended up getting two of what turned out to be my favorite scenes that day by just shifting the locations. That was a very enjoyable scene. Ultimately for yourself, what do you want audiences to take away when they come catch the film out at Cuff? I think they just... For them to have as much fun as we had making it. I think that was the goal. Coming out of that pandemic, we had certain ideas for very serious movies. Um, and then I think we were just like, you know what? We should just do that old idea cult hero. It's fun. It's funny. So I think we just want people to have a really good time. It's a midnight movie. There's lots of cheesy one-liners and action and fight scenes and gore. So I would just say I want them to have as much fun as we had. There you go. You can have a lot of fun if you come check it out. Thanks for joining us. Jesse Thomas Cook is the director of Cult Hero, which lands at Calgary Underground Film Festival on Friday, April 28th at 9.30 at Globe Cinema. You can catch him that evening for a Q&A with one of the stars of the film and his wife, Liv Collins. You're listening to CGSR on 88.5. I'm your correspondent for Moving Radio, Lucas Anders. Infiltration, extraction, and all I need is my per diem, gas field lodging, maybe a haircut. Where is the man? He runs now!
just the same.